is Ephesians 3:17-19. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through your faith, and may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the wide and length and height and depth of His love, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge, without experience that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God Himself. Mark 10, 17-22 As Jesus started on His way, a man ran up to Him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandment, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had a great wealth. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is Pastor Chuck from Long Beach, California, and I'm virtually with you this morning. Happy Father's Day. You know, Father's Day, like Mother's Day, can evoke a mixed mix range of feelings. I think sometimes we romanticize and create a an idealized version of uh, or vision of the perfect mom or dad and for a lot of us that wasn't really how it was we haven't really had that kind of experience in 2005 we got our first foster child sort of by accident to be honest we weren't looking for a foster child we met her at a church camp and uh, a former teacher of hers had agreed to take her um, not just to camp but to take her even a little bit at all. Nobody wanted her at all. She was 11 and uh, she had gotten into trouble and the truth was no one wanted her. So this teacher had reluctantly agreed to take her along just for a couple of weeks until they could find someone. And because she'd already booked this camp, she brought her to camp. So the first day we met was pretty unusual. Um, she just sat down next to Kelly, didn't introduce herself, and, and during the <laughs> during the message, she asked if she could put her head on Kelly's lap, and then she fell fast asleep. It was an ominous 
sign. I mean, we felt like, wow, who's this kid? And what was that? That night, nights after that, she would come to our cabin and share stories of living with her, <clears throat> I can say basically mean mom and brother, and her mom's periodic bad boyfriends or sort of pretend dads. Her mom had told her clearly that her biological father had been a one-night stand and she would never meet him. One story that she shared with us, which impacted me maybe more than the others, was one of the temporary dads, as I called them, had gotten mad at her for acting up and she could act up. I mean, she has strong personality and she could get in trouble fast. So I understood, I understood. But to punish her, they took her and a puppy she had received a few weeks prior and they drove out into the desert. They lived up in Apple Valley, so sort of near the desert. They got out into the desert, they opened the door, they dropped out the puppy out, and then they drove back, leaving the puppy to die in the desert. And that was her punishment. There were lots of stories like that, which were profoundly disturbing for me and my kids and just realizing that such people, such people were, were out there and that this is what the lives that many people have lived. So to make a long story short, at the end of the week, she asked, no, she begged us to take her. And all my girls begged, you know, like that image you have of, of your kids bringing home a cat or something, stray cat. <laughs> I explain, look, it <laughs> doesn't work like this. We don't, we don't decide these things. It's, it's like, it's impossible. I said, there's, there's, there's a system and there's like, I don't know, courts. And, and then there, there are families, families who do this. We're not one of those families. I said, <laughs> so, and we lived 500 miles from where she lived. I mean, there were so many reasons it shouldn't work. Long story short. We took her. Yep, it's quite a, you know, things with the courts and flew back and forth. But a couple of weeks later, she was living with us. The first couple of weeks, I'll be honest, she was like a wild animal. It was off the hook. One of the first days she was with us, she got upset. And so she climbed up on the roof. I, <laughs> we, we were all like, what do we do? It was just so different. We, we had to make so many rules for her that we had never had with our own four daughters. One of the rules was, okay, you cannot open the car door and get out of the car until the car has stopped, completely stopped. She was probably the most difficult and feral or wild with me. She would absolutely, literally melt down sometimes. Like, serious drama. Like, on a scale I've never even seen. I've never, never seen it even on TV shows. That kind of drama. One time we were in a store and I told her, you know, no to something that she'd wanted. And she just sat down on the floor of the store and started crying. I mean, she was 12, she was 12 years old. My, my kids didn't do that at two or three. And this happened... Situations like this happened all the time. I, I didn't know what to do. I, I hadn't learned these skills and I would just pray. 
I would pray. And here's the cool thing. I felt a love for her, which I felt come from God through me, something I, I, I'd never felt before. I couldn't imagine I could love someone with that kind of love. And I absolutely knew it was a gift from God, and it was profoundly moving. God put in me a love for her that would make me slow down. It would calm me in my spirit and cause me to just, just sort of sit and be. My own girls got upset with her, though. They started to get mad at how she was treating me, um, and I, I understood. One day, she was freaking out, screaming and crying. I don't even know what it was about. And suddenly, I looked at her and I said, Heather, I'm the good dad. I'm the good dad. And even as I said it, I didn't think I had made that up. I didn't even know where it came from. But she looked at me, we looked at each other, and it was maybe one of the most profound moments of my life. I, I, I think we both realized God had spoken to both of us. And God was showing her and me that there is this God who is the good dad, and we both needed to see it. It was really intense. And then she stopped and she she asked if she could sit in my lap. Now what she would do, she, she, at this point she was 12, but if you saw her, you would think she was maybe eight or nine. She was really little. She would get up in my lap and just kind of curl up, she'd get that small, and then just go to sleep. Um, and this was one of the first times that she did that and she just fell asleep. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what the heck? <laughs> I mean, I, I probably, for months, you know, for the two years that we had her, I had, maybe not daily, but so often I would think, I don't even know what just happened, but something had happened. It was a real moment, and when she would do that, and then she would curl up in my lap and fall asleep, it was like her spirit was healing, and I could feel it. It was funny because, you know, I'd be sitting there, she fell asleep, it's like having a dog or a cat, you know, you don't want to wake them, maybe, and so I'm working on my laptop, and I sometimes would just think, this is so funny. There she is asleep, I'm working around her on my laptop. <laughs> well, if you ever want to hear more stories about foster kids, man, we've got some stories. Um, I feel like we got profound spiritual lessons almost, almost daily. We learned so much about love, patience, so many things. We saw, I think, what it looks like up close, particularly when kids don't think they're loved. In the years after that, we took in a lot of kids. We took in a lot of kids. Most outside the system. You know, like one of those, they call them cat lady, you know, something that, how come the cats know? They just go to this one house and then this is this lady and she's got like 50 cats. <laughs> we were like that. We had kids and then we had adults and we had people we took in off the street. So, big kids. It's funny though, no matter what the age, there was this common theme that I started to see. They all wanted a father to love them, regardless of the age. They'd often say it, but sometimes I could just feel it. And I knew that God was using me to pass dad love to them. 
whoever they were. This is an issue that we see all the time for me and Kelly, and this is why my hope today was to put some light on this and to just ask really honestly. A lot of us, I feel like, are not sure that our fathers love us, both biological or earthly, I mean, or heavenly. Even from regular homes, what I'd call, you know, good families. Maybe the dad works a lot or is gone a lot, maybe not very expressive, um, not very affectionate. So even in a good family, you can have kids that they, they want something more. My own father suffered a lot uh, during his life. There were some tragedies in his early childhood. He lost, lost his father when he was young, and, and then his mother was, was, was pretty hard. And that shaped him, and um, actually his solution to those problems shaped him as well. He turned to alcohol in the Marine Corps. <laughs> so those two things made him pretty, as it lay, pretty mean and gruff and uh, not very loving. He's already very, very bookish and um, not not real relational to be honest but uh, anyway years later my dad recovered he became a Christian and uh, he found ways to show love and uh, you know one of the ways that he showed his love for me was was funny because it took me a while to figure it out he would see an article because he was very he was very academic he would see an article and he'd say huh and maybe he thought that would interest me and so he'd send it to me because we were living all over the world from the time I was graduated from high school I was living different places around the world for most of the the next 40 years so he'd, he'd mail that to me well then the internet started right so he'd he'd have someone afford him an email instead of forwarding it he would print it put it in an envelope and mail it to me I said dad you can you can forward that you know well, you know, you say, uh, I just, you know, thought you'd, uh, I want to send it to you. <laughs> and he did that. Okay. Now, now I'll tell you this. I would get almost always consistently a letter a day. And I got that for 30 years a day, 30 years. It was, it was a bummer that I didn't see it sooner probably the last 10 years i understood ah this is dad's way of saying that he loves me so maybe we also struggle to see how god loves us either because you know it can be it can be difficult to discern in our busy lives or maybe we just haven't had a loving dad image in our minds and so the idea of a dad or a father as god is troublesome for us God's love for us and our awareness and knowledge of it is key. I believe it is transformative. It was an amazing transformation we witnessed with our foster kids. When they started to feel and understand that we actually love them, that we hadn't done this as many really good families do where they, you know, it's, um, I mean, we were never one of those families. We, we prayed and God sent us kids and, um, we knew we would always be family to them, and we are now, even now, one of my daughters um, is asking that um, we would adopt her, and um, we probably will. And uh, yeah, the, the transformative power of love, we could see them change, even in the short time that we had many of them, just that one person would love them, but especially I 
feel like as we channeled God's love, it, it brought change. Now, I, I know a lot of adults who struggle. And let's just say, struggling, struggling, right? There are lots of ways and manifestations of struggling, okay? I feel, though, that if they knew, experienced that kind of love of God, the love of the Father, it would, and we've seen people's lives have been changed by that. This is one of our primary missions for me and Kelly, is we've seen the power of love, especially God's love through us or through the, through the ways that God will channel his love to someone. That if we can help people see this truth in the Bible and experience it, it's like it enters their spirit. I mean, it goes in through the mind or through, um, through your senses, but it has to enter the spirit. That's where the magic is. That kind of love, the love of the Father, the love of God, when known in one's inner being, I think is life-changing, and, and that's our mission. You know, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, um, we read the story of a story that's called the rich young ruler, and he wanted to know what he needed to do, what he needed to do to have eternal life. Jesus gave him an interesting challenge that um, we don't see elsewhere, um, and maybe it's a good lesson for us too. Jesus seemed to have a challenge Maybe it was just for him. Um, but it, it says that as Jesus looked at him before the challenge and before the response, it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. And I find that to be a very profound passage in, in the scriptures. He seemed to know him, to see him. And in spite of what would happen next, I mean, Jesus must have known that the guy would walk away. It says Jesus loved him. That Jesus, God has a love for us that we don't need to worry about how we act or what we're going to do next. And that can bring a real calm into your spirit. In Ephesians 3, we heard what was read today. Paul's desire was so deep and, and I feel relevant today just like it was back then. Paul was praying. He started his prayer like this. He said, that you would be rooted and grounded in love. I'd like to read it again and just, I hope that you'll read it and reread it because, you know, we got you know, Bible Gateway, Bible Hub, or whatever. You can read it in 10 translations, and that can help. You, you, need to, you need to hear it. You need to think about it. You need to get it. So I pray that, that we'll get it, just like Paul prayed. It says, May Christ, through your faith, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend, grasp the experience of that love. What is the breadth, length, and height, and depth of it? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through your whole being unto the fullness of God, and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That's the Amplified. I like the Amplified. It's a lot of extra words, but you know, it helps really uh, bring it home for me sometimes. That's kind of a Selah moment there, right? <laughs> it should be. So for some of us, I, I, I think it can be helpful to, to have sort of a cre permission for a creative imagination to think about God's love in a new way. You know, we can pretty confidently say that God being a spirit and part of a mysterious triune God, as Pastor Claudia was trying to help us grasp a couple weeks ago, 
it means that God is not just a father or a male entity. It's uh, that's just our human image. I think uh, we could say he he's not a a mean-looking old white man with a beard. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's terrible, right? That's like the worst. It's helped me, in fact, over the years, literally, to imagine God as an older, heavy-set black woman instead. I don't know why. It just, it, it, it makes my heart warm up, and, uh, and that's what I feel like God's supposed to be doing, you know, if I see him right. Now, it's equally not accurate, I understand. But the point is, we can help ourselves sometimes to just grasp this love that's so important. And for you, it might be a coach or a, uh, an aunt or a pastor or someone that you just feel like, you know, they, they felt, you feel like they, they, they heard you, they saw you, they loved you, and maybe they loved you even though they knew you. That's like God. That's the point. God knows us at levels no one will ever know us and loves us. So you can help yourself by just cultivating some of those images and, and knowing that would be God's way of loving you. The other day I was reflecting with Kelly and you know I said we were listening to a guy he's a really good preacher and uh, I said, oh man he's so good he's so intense and he just seems to always have the right words they just think they, they flow. But then I said to her you know I said but um, I said who have we listened to? What, what has actually, we could say, has changed our lives? You know, and Kelly and I have been on our spiritual journey together now for almost 40 years. We celebrate our anniversary just uh, two days ago. And um, what's funny is, we thought about it, we knew immediately, there were just a couple of very simple people. Uh, a couple from uh, Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania, um, a guy from Texas, but they truly knew their Bibles and they lived love. They lived love. And it just, it, it changed us. It impacted us. You know, not the, not the, the big words we learned, not the, all the studying. I mean, it's good, it's good. But those guys, they changed us. You know, sometimes we'll meet someone and, and they talk true things, but it, something will feel a little bit off. You know, it's like, I know what you're saying is true, but it's probably because it hasn't penetrated their spirit. And that's the thing. When the truth of God's love touches our spirit, we change. Jesus loves me, this I know, or the Bible tells me so. I think sometimes we're just too clever. <laughs> we try too hard. The other day, a sister was sharing with me, and she, um, she'd gone to a Bible school, and she'd been studying the scriptures intellectually, you know, and but she realized that she had lost some of that personal connection to the Holy Spirit. She had started to feel like she knew things and she just repented for it. And uh, she was just praying and, and Kelly and I were like, wow, it was so moving. I felt like, that's it, that's it. No, don't get too far away from that. Knowledge isn't the same as truth. You know, 1 Corinthians 8 warns us that knowledge alone will make make us self-righteously arrogant, it's amplified. <laughs> John 4.18 reminds us, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. My prayer for us today is that we would know and experience, the, I mean, experience, know the love of God, God the Father, Mother, Grandmother, whatever, that we would receive it, 
and then that we would share it. And I think that that's how we bring heaven to earth. I mean, that's the prayer that, that Jesus taught us. He said, you know, pray to a father. And uh, it's a pretty big deal. So you can pray to your heavenly father and that his kingdom would come on earth. I believe that this starts with the foundation of love. So if you, let's pray, okay? And if you'll pray with me, I'll, I'll pray. And if you agree in your heart, then you just say yes or amen to each of the points you agree with, okay? All right. Let's pray. Father, thanks for being the good dad. Maybe the one we never knew till you. Thanks for loving us in a way that changes us as we, as we receive it in our hearts, in our, in our spirits, and changes us even more as we pass it on. I pray now for anyone who's listening to this, who's not sure that they know this love, but who want to. Father, pour out a new level of and experience of your love to us this morning and renew us with it. Show us the people and the ways we can share this love with so that we can get refilled and be fountains, hoses, streams, you know, not buckets or jars of love that we worry about running out of. Help us to be faucets of love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Whew. And then I'll see you guys at Sunday School at 1030. Uh, Hiroko-san's got the Japanese Bible study, and uh, Megan Kwame have got the English adult Bible study, so be there at 10.30. Good fun. Thanks, guys. All right. Happy Father's Day.